Good morning, everyone. If uh, if you haven't joined yet, I hope you will be joining us shortly uh, via Facebook Live. And uh, uh, just greetings from the folks here at Zion's Rest Primitive Baptist Church. We're glad that maybe you're able to join in with us this morning and uh, hope that things are going well for you at home. And uh, I know this uh, this current situation with the coronavirus puts us all in a, a good bit of a strain trying to stay at home and trying to avoid everything. But uh, we're thankful this morning as we look at God's word that, uh, you know, hopefully we can be reminded that, uh, our God is, uh, greater than all the problems that we face. And as, uh, as we look into his word today, then, uh, I hope you'll be in prayer with us as we do. Bow with us while we go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for, uh, blessing us to be able to be, uh, have the technology during times of trouble like this to be able to. Uh, broadcast out to others that they might hear uh, a portion of your word this day. And Lord, while we're not fellowship able to fellowship directly with one another, Lord, we are able to fellowship with you and uh, Lord, through the Holy Spirit with one another. So Lord, we ask as we gather together this morning that you would bless not only our this world and this nation and this, uh, this city in which we live, uh, but Lord, that you would bless us as we uh, try to keep ourselves healthy, uh, Lord, that we would do all, take all the advice that people are giving us in this time of uh, pestilence, Lord, that you would uh, protect us from the uh, many things that are out there, and Lord, that you would put your arms of love and care around about us and give us wisdom, Lord, as we go forth each and every day, uh, and that we would uh, not forget to look faithfully to you during this time. Lord, we pray that you'll bless this service, and that it'll be to your honor, to your glory, and to the edification of the people that are listening this morning. And Lord, we give all the praise and glory and honor to you, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. I know. I know. During this uh, time that uh, the coronavirus is facing us here in this uh, in this city, this uh, this nation, this world that we're living in, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of anxiety that goes with people in, uh, during times like this. But uh, I want you to know that uh, that our God is a, is a great God, and that these things, while this may be slightly different from things that have been faced in the past by by God's people. Uh, we, we can find the answers in God's Word uh, repeatedly for the things that uh, that we're facing even now. I want to turn over as a place to begin this morning. I'm going to kind of break this into two parts this morning, so I trust that it doesn't, uh, that, that doesn't get you confused. I'll try to make sure I link things together for you as we do that. Uh, but I want to turn over to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, the verses, some of the verses that I'll be reading to you this morning uh, are not unfamiliar to you. Uh, at least I trust that they're not. Uh, but as we look at the book of 2 Timothy, we find the situation where the Apostle Paul is writing one of the very, very last letters that he wrote uh, in his, uh, his apostolic ministry. And as he was addressing the young preacher Timothy, uh, no doubt word had come to the Apostle Paul uh, in Rome while Paul was under house arrest waiting to, for his occasion of uh, being able to address uh, Caesar and those of, uh, of his household. Uh, that uh, he had gotten word that uh, the young preacher Timothy had uh, maybe gotten very fearful because of concern, seeing what had happened to someone as great as the Apostle Paul. Uh, Timothy was no doubt concerned that uh, what might be facing him in the future as a preacher of the, uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the Apostle Paul takes the time to write to this young brother and to let him know uh, that uh, the things that 
he's facing, the Apostle Paul wanted to give him confidence. So he starts out by doing this. He says, uh, he, first of all, he says, hey, I would love to see you. I greatly desire to see you in verse 4. But he says, but when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, that first dwelt in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. If you think, just take this portion of Scripture here, the Apostle Paul uh, is assuring him that the, the faith that he's seen in the young preacher Timothy is the same faith that he saw in his mother and his grandmother. Testimonies to the great women of the Scripture. We uh, sometimes don't give the, the women as much credit as we should, but you look at the, who the guiding forces were in Timothy's life, uh, his mother and his grandmother, and he says, you know what, Timothy, the faith that I saw in your mother and your grandmother is the same faith that I see in you. How many of us uh, look back longingly, I guess, uh, to our mothers and our grandmothers, and we look back at the faith that they had and how they uh, were good exa- examples in our lives? And the uh, so the Apostle Paul uses that same crutch that we do today, you know, or the same uh, example that we use today uh, when we think about our mothers and our grandmothers. You know, we look back and say some of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest people in my life was maybe my grandmother. And so Paul goes back to that example with the young preacher Timothy. And he says, I want to remind you that the faith I see in you is the same faith that I saw in them. And then he goes on and tells him, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. The the young preacher Timothy had had the very hands of the apostle Paul laid on him in uh, in confirmation of the gift of the preaching of the gospel that he had. And he says, I want you to stir this gift up. Don't be staying at home and concerned about what might happen to you. Now, I know in a a sense of applying that directly uh, to our current situation, many of us are staying home uh, for our own protection and from the uh, uh, making sure we don't expose ourselves to the coronavirus that's uh, going about at this time. Uh, But the Apostle Paul wanted to assure him in this way that that God was going to be with him during the times of his ministry and not to be concerned about that. And I would say the same thing for us. While we take all the precautions, cautions that are given to us out there, you know, wash your hands, make sure what you touch, clean, wipe, uh, and so forth, and be careful not to go out when you don't need to. Uh, at the same time, we need to put our faith in God during, during these situations. And Paul goes on to tell Timothy, he says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. I know this this example uh, doesn't exactly fit the situation that we have now, but the example of not being afraid and trusting God uh, falls right into the very things that we're facing in this nation, in this country, and in this uh, this state today. And as we look out and say, you know, take all the precautions, uh, do the things that you should do, but Timothy, don't be afraid. Uh, God's not giving you the spirit of fear. If you're if you're afraid of going out and preaching the gospel. Uh, Timothy, then that fear is not coming from from the Lord. It's not coming from the Spirit of God that's been placed within you. It's not coming from the gift of the laying on of the hands of uh, of, of me during the time that I, I laid my hands upon you. It's not coming from the faith of your mother or your grandmother. Uh, it's coming from the outside forces. And that's what we need to be so concerned about today. If we go back and look, and I'll, I'll not turn back in, in the Bible particularly, uh, we'll look at some verses later on today. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31 verses 6 and 7 uh, the the uh, Moses is uh, about to pass the torch to Joshua and as he's about to pass that torch to Joshua he tells Joshua fear not 
God is with you. Uh, as you're about to go over into Canaan's land, Joshua, and face the many uh, uh, tribes and uh, cities that are over there that will be opposing you and occupying this land that God has said he would give to us, your, your job, uh, uh, Joshua, is not to be afraid. Fear not as you go out and face these things. I would also go back and turn our uh, attention to a portion of Scripture that we find in the book of Second uh, uh, Kings this morning. If we turn over to Second Kings chapter 6, uh, we'll find there uh, that the, the prophet Elisha, uh, who had been uh, prophesying and telling uh, the king of Israel uh, the very things that were going on. The Assyrians were about to come and attack. And every time the Assyrians would make a move, the, uh, the armies of Israel knew exactly what was going on because Elisha was telling the king of Israel what was about to take place. And uh, uh, the king of Assyria became very concerned and thought, well, surely the, the king of Israel has a spy in our camps. And, camps. and one of the men uh, of, his, uh, of his council told him, says, O king, says, it's not that uh, there's a spy of Israel, but Elisha, the prophet uh, of God, hears the very things that you're saying in his bedroom and relays them to the king of Israel. And so uh, the king of Assyria says, well, we need to go find this man, Elisha, and, uh, and, uh, and see that we put a halt to him. Him giving our plans away to the king of Israel. And he, in verse 13 of 2 Kings 6, he said, uh, uh, he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. It was told, uh, it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servants of the man of God was risen, that's Elijah, uh, was risen early uh, and had gone forth, behold, and hope compassed the city, both horses and chariots, and his servants, and his servants said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? I'll tell you, when you're facing an overwhelming force, you go out in the, uh, as they did that day, they had been sleeping that night and went out early in the morning. They looked around at the city about them and uh, suddenly they see horses and chariots and soldiers uh, surrounding the city that they're that they occupying. And, you know, they go back to their, uh, their master, Elisha, and they say, Elisha, Alas, how should we do? How are we going to come out in this uh, uh, in this uh, situation that we're in? And Elisha looked at them and says, he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. You know, when we're looking a lot of times with our natural eyes, we don't see the very power of God that is surrounding us and is able to lift us up in times of trouble. The power of God uh, that was in this situation, he was with Elisha. Elisha was prophesying and doing good for the things of Israel. And, and even though the king of Assyria found out that he was down in Dothan and sent his armies down there to camp around them, and even though his servants uh, with their natural eyes looked out and saw this army and said, Alas, master, how shall we do? Elisha comes back and says, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And I'm sure the servants of Elisha looked around and said, you got to be kidding, Elisha. Uh, there's about 10 or 20 of us here, and I see hundreds or maybe thousands of soldiers on the hills around us here at this time. Now, but Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire 
round about Elisha. Uh, I'll tell you, God has protective power out there around us many times that we don't see. Many times, maybe you've experienced that in your life and didn't realize uh, that God was protecting you and keeping you from harm and evil. Uh, but God, we, we need to be praying that God might open our eyes to see His power during this time of the troubles that we're facing. If we turn over into the New Testament scriptures, uh, we'll turn over to the book of Matthew for just a moment this morning uh, and look at a portion of scripture that we find there uh, in Matthew chapter uh, chapter 10. Uh, we'll look at some, some portions of scripture because I want to do some things if we can this morning to reassure you as well as... Uh, as uh, look at some other things as we do this morning. In the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew, uh, we find, of course, the occasion. Uh, the people, uh, the Pharisees, had come to accuse Jesus of casting out devils by the power of Beelzebub. And, uh, <clears throat> of course, he, he, uh, he lets them know uh, that uh, he was casting demons out by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if he was doing it by the power of the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God was coming to them. And in verse 25, he says, It's not enough. It, it is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? In other words, <coughs> if you are servants of God and they these people were bold enough <coughs> to call Jesus Christ uh, uh, Beelzebub, he says, what do you think they're going to call you in these times of trouble? And he says, fear them not, therefore, uh, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be made known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to... Uh, Fear not them which kill the body and are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to, to destroy both soul and body in hell. As we look at this portion of Scripture, Jesus Christ said, you know what, uh, they can kill the body. But you know what? I have the power over the, over your eternal destiny. Uh, you know, he wasn't threatening them, I don't believe, with saying, uh, you know, I'm going to change my mind in some case or some situation over what uh, uh, God determined before the foundation of the world. But you know what he was saying? He says, I have that power. He says, these just have the power to kill your body. You remember that the one that has almighty power is Jesus Christ, and that is to where, where our fear is to be placed. If we turn over into the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes this morning uh, into the 12th chapter of the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, uh, we would find over there when Solomon had uh, recounted all the things of his life, all the uh, debauchery, all the things that he had done, all the things that he had tried, everything under the sun, his conclusion was this, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of of man, as we look uh, as we look out today, our fear should be placed in God and not over the viruses of the world, not over the things of this world. Uh, but there is an approach that we should take as we look at the situation that we have before us. <clears throat> Again, the portions of Scripture that I'm using this morning uh, should not be unusual or new to you. But as we look over into the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians, uh, the uh, the uh, Apostle Paul, again here writing to the church at Philippi, made this comment. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always, verse 4 of, of, of Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. 
be careful for nothing. That portion of scripture, uh, some some of the various Bible translations uh, uh, use that, take that word careful and say uh, uh, anxiety. Uh, that's a very good translation of that word, by the way, uh, because it means not to be full of care and not to be anxious in the situation. He tells us, be careful. Don't be full of care. Don't be full of anxiety. Don't be anxious. He says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. Rather than being full of fear in the situation that we're facing today, what we should be is, uh, and, and being anxious. But anxiety really drives civilization so much today in the world that we're living in. It's not, you know, it almost goes back to the quote of uh, FDR during the time of his first inauguration address uh, when he looked at the people. He says, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Many times fear drives people uh, to become more anxious and more desperate and more concerned. It leads to people fighting over toilet tissue at Walmart. Uh, that's kind of anxiety and fear that drives people so much today uh, in this world world that we're living in. There, this is not a time for us to be full of anxiety, full of fear, uh, full of desperation. What we do, how we address that is by going to the Lord in prayer. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You know, even in this time right now, many of us are home. Many of us are not uh, uh, able to go to school. Many of us are having to work from home. Things are different. Situations are different. Uh, we've got people working from home with children there and all these various things that you're facing now that are so unusual and so different. <clears throat> but at the same time, if we pause for just a minute, we have so much to be thankful for in the world that we're living in. Uh, even in the city of Jasper right now, uh, you have people that are, are concerned about uh, the children that uh, many times have got get uh, their meals at school and so forth. And so uh, they've taken that. The, the schools have donated their food to some of the local organizations that are passing out food uh, donations to people here in the city uh, on a daily basis. The numbers of meals that are being passed out in the community right now are an unbelievably large number. Uh, so uh, as we think about this, things are different. Things have changed. Things are not uh, the way they have been for us in the, the situations that we're facing. But he tells us, don't be anxious. Don't be full of care. But everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, find the things that you can be thankful for. Uh, if you've got your health today, <coughs> be thankful for that. Be in prayer for many that are facing the, uh, the desperate situations, those that have been exposed to coronavirus. We have folks here in this church that are working in hospitals, uh, UAB and other places uh, uh, around, uh, around the area. And so uh, there are those that are, that are constantly, uh, potentially, uh, being exposed to various things out there. And so we need to be very careful, but at the same time approach it with a great need of prayer and remembering that we have much to be thankful for. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Our hearts and our minds are so important to be kept in the right way, the right frame, the right manner of thinking as we approach the situations that we're, that we're facing right now. We go over to a portion of Scripture. I wanted to turn over to Psalm 31 this morning. It's a portion of Scripture because I think it ties to this uh, trusting God, be, not being anxious, not being full of care. But he tells us over here in Psalm 31 uh, this. Uh, this is a Psalm of David. He says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. 
Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privately for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regard thy lie, regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. As we look at all the things that are going around us right now, our trust and our hope uh, needs to be in the Lord, and our prayer needs to be to God, and it needs to be com- uh, uh, coupled together with prayers of thanksgiving for the things that uh, God has blessed us with. We are so uh, so blessed in this nation, in this country we live in, and I'm thankful right now that we've got uh, uh, the resources of, uh, that God has blessed us with in this nation uh, that are plying uh, their minds and their skills and their uh, resources to finding things that might be able to help us in this uh, in the future. So we don't need to uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, become overly anxious about things at this time, but trusting that God will work things out for us, that God will protect us, and at the same time that he'll give us wisdom for what we need to do. Trust in the Lord, uh, as it tells us uh, there in Psalm 31. I want to turn over again uh, to uh, Proverbs chapter 3. Where he says, uh, trust in verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Again, we find this theme in God's word about uh, trust God, uh, fear God. Uh, uh, don't rely on your own wisdom and your own understanding. Your wisdom that you that we need right now in the face of the current circumstances is a wisdom that comes from above and a wisdom that comes from God. If we if we turn back again to that uh, those chapters in Deuteronomy chapter thirty one. Uh, before the children of Israel are about to go into the uh, into Canaan's land, and where Moses is passing the torch to Joshua, God's already told Moses, uh, Moses, uh, uh, because you rebelled against me, uh, uh, you're you're going to die, and I'm not going to allow you to enter into Canaan's land. But Joshua will be the one that leads the leads the people. And as as God is talking to Moses and telling uh, Moses what to tell Joshua, uh, and later. As, as Moses is addressing the children of Israel, uh, more or less with his arm around Joshua, standing there, uh, letting them know that this is this is the man of God that's going to carry you on. He looks at Mo, he looks at uh, Moses, looks at uh, Joshua, and, and Joshua's and God's words to Joshua are, "Be strong." and of a good courage. I'll tell you, during this time, it's important that we be strong, we be of a good courage, and fear not in the face of those things that are that are confronting us. Uh, so uh, as, as we look at that, and as, uh, as I bring at least a portion of this to a to a close here, not the not the entire sermon, but uh, this portion to a close. I want to turn over as we think about uh, some things in First uh, Peter chapter five. And in First Peter chapter five, he tells us there uh, about humbling ourselves. Many times we let our pride get in the way of doing the things that we should uh, in our service to God and our service to one another. And uh, and uh, and as he tells us here in this portion of scripture in First uh, Peter chapter five, uh, he says. God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. That's First Peter chapter five, verse five. Uh, he tells us to submit ourselves to one another. Uh, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. 
Verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. God cares about us. God's concerned about our very current situations that we're all facing right now. Uh, He's the one that we can trust. He's the one that we should look to in this time of need. Uh, And as we we do all of this, uh, I want us to uh, also think about another portion of Scripture uh, in the book of Isaiah. And I know I'm giving you a lot of Scriptures this morning, turning to a number of different places. uh, But I trust as we see this as a theme that's laid out throughout the Word of God that we're to trust Him. As we look at the children of Israel... In the time of Isaiah, uh, they were being confronted on every hand. Uh, God was foretelling that there was a time when they were going to be taken into Babylonian captivity, uh, that the Babylonians would come in, take them captive, leave them away uh, because of their uh, disobedience to the things of God for taking up idols and so forth that they had done. Uh, but as we as we look at this portion of Scripture uh, this morning, uh, he, he tells us over here uh, that uh, as we go through the trials, as we go through the troubles... Uh, he says, uh, uh, verse, uh, chapter 43, verse 1, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, they sh- thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom and Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable and I have loved thee. Therefore, I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. As we fear, look at the, the, the rivers that we're going through this time, the waters will not overflow you, the troubles not overwhelm you because we look into the Lord for our deliverance in these times of troubles. You know, I hope as we look at that this morning that all of these scriptures that we've given you, whether we're talking about God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind, uh, God uh, uh, telling Joshua as he was about to go into the land of Canaan to fear not, uh, whether it's uh, uh, the uh, when the Lord was talking to his disciples, uh, uh, telling them not to fear those that were able to kill the body, but those uh, but rather fear the one that uh, uh, has, uh, has power over your own soul, Uh, all of these things, and telling us uh, to trust the Lord uh, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our might, uh, that we're to trust in Him as we go forward into the battle of of everyday life, uh, even in these situations that we're facing now. And so uh, I hope some of these things give you comfort at this time uh, as we're we're talking about this. And, uh, And so... Now I want to kind of transition over to another part of this and turn over to the book of Exodus. Uh, In the book of Exodus, we find, uh, of course, the story of Moses. Uh, I'll not go over chapters 1 and 2 and tell you about uh, Moses being uh, uh, born as a young man and how uh, he was uh, saved by his mother uh, and uh, put put in an ark later to be uh, found by the uh, daughter of Pharaoh, raised in Pharaoh's household. But uh, the Bible tells us when he came of age, uh, and the Bible describes that as being about 40 years old, uh, that uh, he was out looking at the things that the children of Israel were facing. He saw the labors, the troubles. 
angels, uh, and this began to work on his heart. Whether God had already spoken to Moses in some way and, and revealed to him that uh, he would be a deliverer of God's people, the Bible doesn't tell us that, but we do know uh, that, that Moses uh, uh, raised up uh, and slew an Egyptian who was... Uh, who was uh, uh, being cruel and mean to the uh, to the, some of the children of Israel that were slaves down in Egypt at that time, <coughs> and so uh, Moses slew that man, hit him in the sand, uh, and I think it's important for us to keep uh, keep this portion of, of uh, scripture in mind as we as we go forward with this, because as Moses uh, uh, took this Egyptian and hit him in the sand, the next day he comes back. And he sees two of his uh, uh, Jewish brethren fighting with one another, and he begins to scold them and get on to get on to them. And uh, uh, they look they look at him and say, "Who has made you a leader over us, or who's put you to be in judgment over us? Uh, are you going to do to us like you did the Egyptian uh, yesterday?" Uh, and uh, Moses becomes afraid, realizes that there were those that knew what he had done uh, to the Egyptian, and he feared for his life. And he fleed to the backside of the wilderness, to the land of Midian, uh, where he met uh, his future wife, uh, where he met his father-in-law, Jethro. uh, And he began to live with Jethro and his family and uh, tend to Jethro's sheep. Uh, And as the Bible records for us, then as we come to Exodus chapter 3, the Bible tells us now, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. As we look at this situation that uh, Moses was facing, and uh, I'm going to cover quite a bit of scripture here as we look at this, but think about this fantastic situation. Moses is on the backside of the wilderness. Suddenly he sees a fire that's burning but not being consumed. And the Bible tells us, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. We know that uh, this expression that is used in the Old Testament scriptures many times is talking about uh, a, a, a an appearance of Jesus Himself as an as the angel of the Lord uh, to before the time of the coming of Christ uh, in the New Testament scriptures, and that many times uh, the angel of the Lord appeared unto people like Abraham uh, when Abraham was just before God was about to go and destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And here we find Moses on the back side of this wilderness, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll need to give the time frame. If he was about 40 years old at the time that he slew the Egyptian, uh, the Bible tells us and records his age and tells us that at the time that he was on the back side of this wilderness now, uh, keeping his father-in-law's sheep, uh, 40 more years had passed by, and he's about the age of 80 at this time. And he's out on the back side of the desert keeping his father-in-law's sheep when the angel of the Lord appears to him in the form of a bush that's on fire but not being consumed by the fire. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, and he said, here am I. You know, I, I wonder as I read that portion of Scripture, uh, we think about the time when our, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was walking upon the water and his disciples were in the ship. And the Bible tells, tells us and records for us there uh, that they called out to him, uh, not knowing that necessarily that it was Jesus Christ, but they called out to him. And the Bible says that when they called out to him, he turned aside to them in the ship uh, and, and records and says, uh, 
that if they had not called out to him, he would have passed them by. You know, I wonder here in this situation uh, uh, where Moses saw this burning bush uh, and he, he turned aside to see this great wonder. Uh, the Bible says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see... God called out to him in the midst of the bush. Suddenly, uh, after he turned aside to say, he didn't call out to him. If he'd just walked on by during that situation, would God have called out to him? I don't know. But when he turned aside to see the mighty power of God uh, from this bush, uh, God called out to him. And uh, Can you imagine? Uh, this has got to be one of those scary scenes, you know, that if you think about, uh, uh, suddenly you're talking to a burning bush. Uh, uh, they put people away for things like that this day and time. But... Uh, uh, God call, God calls to him out of the burning bush and, and says, uh, and Moses, uh, Moses said, uh, here am I. And he said, draw nigh hither, uh, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where, whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and Moses. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. God starts out this conversation by draw near to me. Uh, the Bible tells us in the New Testament Scripture, uh, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh unto you. Uh, he tells him also to take off his shoes uh, for the place that he's dwelling upon is holy ground. This would be the very uh, side of the mountain that God would later call the children of Israel back to uh, uh, here on this uh, this land of Midian where God would appear to, appear to the children of Israel and, and give to them the, uh, the Ten Commandments and the commandments of God uh, uh, that would guide them uh, morally in their future. Uh, and so as he, uh, as he calls out to him, he gives him assurance. Uh, first of all, draw nigh, take off your shoes, uh, your own holy ground, uh, uh, because that's the ground that God was on. Uh, and he tells him, uh, as he talks about this, I'm the God of your father. I, I'm the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. Uh, and, uh, and it says Moses was afraid. No doubt who of us would be afraid today uh, if we saw such a, uh, a sign and God talking to us uh, out of a bush. Uh, Moses was afraid, uh, uh, but I want you to see and I want you to grasp the fear that took a hold of Moses at this time uh, and the things that, uh, that God did for him in this situation. The Lord said, I, surely, uh, I have surely seen the affliction of the people which are in Egypt and have heard the cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I'll tell you today, my friends, God knows your sorrows. God knows the things that we're facing. He's not unaware of the things that you and I are going through at this present time. God hears our cries. Well, we need to be... Care, uh, not care, uh, careful or not full of care or anxiety during these times, but everything by prayer, uh, make, make our requests be known unto God. And he says, uh, uh, the Lord says, I've seen their afflictions. I know the problems. I, I know their sorrows. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land unto a good land and a, and, and a large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Uh, God was aware of their situation, and he wanted Moses to know, I am the God of your fathers. I am aware of their cries. I hear their cries. They've maybe been crying for, uh, uh, you know, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, maybe 100 years. Uh, many times when the response 
doesn't come immediately. We take get the idea uh, that God is not hearing our cries. But my friends, God's fully aware of the situations that you're facing, whether it's your job, whether it's your family, uh, whether it's your church, uh, uh, whatever it might be, God, uh, whether it's a coronavirus that we're facing, God is fully aware of the things that are facing us now. And uh, even though we don't see maybe a, an immediate result, it doesn't mean that God's not fully aware of what's going on. And so he says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, and that thou mayest bring forth my people out of the children, my people, the children of Israel. Out of Egypt. Can you imagine how Moses must have felt at that point in time? Uh, God says, I'm aware of their situation, and I'm going to send you, Moses, to Pharaoh, uh, that thou mayest bring forth uh, my people, the children of Israel. Uh, can you imagine uh, uh, Moses' mind is, is uh, no doubt Im- uh, immediately turned back uh, to the fact the last time he tried to inter- intervene with the children of Israel uh, uh, that were fighting with one another, their response to him had been, Who's made you to be a judge over us? Who put you in charge, Moses? Uh, And so listen to how uh, Moses responds when God tells him, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh uh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh that I should bring forth the children children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Uh, Moses, what you need to know and what we, we need to know today, God is with us. God has not left us nor forsaken us in the times that we're facing right now. Moses just needed to know that uh, God had not forsaken him. But you know what? This is the end. As we go through this story this morning, we'll see that this is not the, the end of Moses' doubting and fear in this situation. Uh, in fact, uh, it gets to the point where God has frustrated himself with Moses' continual excuse-making. And that was really what the title, what I wanted to uh, entitle this this morning as we were talking about, uh, I know we need to talk about not fearing God and trusting in God, but I'll tell you something we need to do today. We need to don't, not make excuses for all the times when we are so doubtful and so fearful to do what God has called us to do. Whether it be to serve Him in the church, whether it be a a call to the ministry, whether it be a call to service, a call to be a servant, a, a call for whatever we might do, we need to stop making excuses for why we can't do it. Moses goes on to make a series of excuses for why he couldn't do what God had told him to do and what God was going to empower him and give him the ability to do And not that God was expecting Moses himself to deliver the children of Israel. God was going to deliver the children of Israel. But he he wanted Moses to go and lead the children of Israel. And I'll tell you today, God doesn't expect me as a pastor or you as individual members to maybe do all the delivering and all the work that's out there. But he does expect you to be a leader in the times of of times of trouble. And he does expect us to lead from where we are. God doesn't, God doesn't call people. You know what? Uh, God called Moses exactly where he was. And I'll tell you, God calls you exactly where you are. And what we'll find is God doesn't call necessarily uh, uh, the equipped uh, always.
he's a, but he does equip those that he calls. And I'll tell you, Moses began to make many excuses for why he couldn't do what God was calling him to do. Uh, uh, but God equipped Moses uh, to be able to do uh, what God had called him to do. Uh, so whether it's a, uh, whether you're a pastor or whether you're a, a husband or a wife or a, ch- a student or a child, God can, will equip you with the things that he calls you to do that you might serve him where you are. God called Moses on the backside of the wilderness, uh, uh, but he didn't leave him in the wilderness. Uh, he called him to go out from there. And I'll tell you, God calls us to go out in, the, in his service. So as he calls Moses, and Moses begins to say, you know, who am I, Lord? Uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that's a bad uh, uh, question to totally ask. Uh, who are we to, to, <coughs> to, to be a servant of God, to, to be a servant and a representative of the almighty God of heaven, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Uh, uh, but he says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh. Well, I'll tell you who you are, Moses. Uh, uh, you're the man that God called for this situation. Uh, and so you might say, well, who am I to be uh, of service in this situation? Uh, you're the person that God called. That's who you are, and that's what we need to be about doing. So God says, uh, uh, certainly I will be with thee. I will be a token unto thee that I, uh, a token unto thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people of Egypt, uh, people out of Egypt. You shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, when I I am come to the children of Israel and say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? Uh, what shall I say to them? Moses uh, uh, was continually, Okay, so, okay, I'm going to tell them that uh, I'm coming to them. You're sending me to Pharaoh. But when I go to the children of Israel, they're going to say, Who is it that sent you? Who is it that said, who made you to be a judge over us, Moses? Uh, who sent you? Uh, and he says, uh, and they're going to want to know, what is his name? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Notice it, and we'll, we'll see this. And God said moreover unto Moses, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, uh, the God of Jacob ha- has sent me unto to you, this is this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Notice he didn't say, "I will be the God of Jacob," or "I was the God of Jacob," or "I was the God of Abraham." He said, "I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob," and he also says, "You tell them." I am that I am. It's not. He's not a God that was. He's not a God that just will be. But in every situation, at every time, in every event, he is the I am that we need for our daily living. And so he goes on and says, Gather together the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I, pay, and I have said, I will bring you you out of the affliction of Egypt into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey and they shall hearken to thy voice that thou shalt come and thou shalt come thou and the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt and you shall say unto him the Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us now let us go we beseech thee three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice 
to the Lord our God. I could go down another path, I guess, with this, uh, uh, but you'll see repeatedly here, uh, he, he, the, part of the message to Pharaoh was, uh, the Lord wants us to go three days journey uh, uh, into the wilderness. Uh, he didn't say we'll go uh, three days and return. Uh, he said we'll go three days journey. And I think uh, that was part of Pharaoh's concern was the fact that go three days journey and not come back. And that's the reason he was constantly uh, fighting against the things that they were saying. But he says, I am sure that the king of Egypt, <coughs> verse 19 of uh, Exodus chapter 3, he says, I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all the wonders which I will do in the midst thereof. And after, and after he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass when you go, uh, you shall not go empty, but every woman uh, shall borrow of her neighbor in it. And of her that sojourneth in her house, jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And you shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and you shall spoil the Egyptians. God is not going to send his people on this journey uh, without the provisions that they need. Uh, He will provide and bless them during this time. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. (coughs) Excuse number Number two or three, behold, they will not believe me nor hearken to my voice, for they will say, the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. Now, I'll tell you, that's the way our minds work sometimes, right? uh, Moses is beginning to think up all the problems and the issues that are going to be faced. And that's the way we are a lot of times when we're facing troubles and trials. We think of all the things. uh, You know, the Bible didn't tell us that our life was going to be uh, uh, empty of trials. In fact, Jesus told his own apostles on the night uh, before... uh, uh, he was carried the night he was carried away for crucifixion. Uh, in this world, you shall have tribulation, uh, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Uh, so as we uh, as we face this, Moses is beginning looking at all the trouble, and he's beginning to get. They're not going to believe me when I tell them that you sent me, and uh, they're not going to hearken to my voice. And the Lord said unto him, "What is that in thine hand?" And he said, "A rod." And he said, "Cast it on the ground." And he cast it on the ground; it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put that hand and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and he caught it. And it became a rod in his hand. That they, that, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. He says, this, The Lord said furthermore, Put now thine hand in thy bosom. And he put his hand in his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thine hand in thy bosom again. And he put it in there again. And when his hand was brought forth, he plucked it out of his bosom. Behold, it turned again as his other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice, the first sign that thou... to the voice of the first sign, that thou will believe the voice of the latter sign. In other words, if they won't hear your voice, Moses, I'm going to give you, uh, if they won't just believe your voice, then I'm going to give you the rod, and the rod will be used, and you use that as a sign and a symbol of my power. And if they won't believe that, uh, then I'll give them the sign of leprosy. They knew leprosy was a disease that could not be healed. You know, uh, it, they might not believe, uh, uh, they might think that the magicians of Egypt could uh, could uh, maybe cast a, a, a rod down and become a serpent but they knew that there was only one power that could heal leprosy and they knew that was the power of God so he gives that as his uh, second sign and it says it shall come to pass if they will not believe also the two signs neither hearken to thy voice that shalt thou shalt take the water from the river and pour it upon the dry land and the water which thou which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land 
And Moses said unto the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not, an el- I'm not eloquent, neither hereto, uh, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Well, I'll tell you, Lord, uh, you've taken away that they, if they don't believe me, you'll give me signs. Okay, uh, but I, I'm a bad speaker. I'm not an eloquent speaker. I'm slow of speech. Excuse after excuse after excuse. How many excuses have you got? For, what, for not doing what God has called you to do. Uh, I'll tell you, God has an answer to every excuse that you've got uh, while you're not taking up your cross and following him and serving him today. As he goes on, the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? You know, uh, <clears throat> it's not like God didn't know everything about Moses. In fact, God called Moses, and he called Moses knowing exactly what handicaps and what problems and other situations. And God has called you into his service, and he know exa- knows exactly what your handicaps and what your problems are. And God God wouldn't have called you if he couldn't overcome those problems, okay? God is able to equip those uh, uh, who don't seem to in themselves to have all the, uh, the power that they think they need. God is able to equip you for what you need to serve him. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. O Lord, uh, if you're going to say that uh, you know all about my voice and all about my tongue, uh, just send somebody else. Don't send me. Excuse after excuse after excuse. God says, The anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. When he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. God says, I knew you were going to make all these excuses. Aaron, your brother's already coming. And uh, when he greets you, I know he's a good speaker. I'll speak to you. You speak to him. He'll speak to the people. And I'll be with both of you. You know... God has an answer for all of our excuses. Uh, God has an answer for, for our excuses of being afraid and fear and whatever we might be facing. I think about a portion of Scripture uh, that we find over in the book of, uh, book of Matthew or maybe the book of Luke. Let's turn over to the, Luke, the book of Luke this morning and we'll find in the, uh, the ninth chapter. And again, uh, these, these portions of Scripture are not unfamiliar with you. Uh, but we turn over to the 57th verse, the ninth chapter of the book of Luke. It says, uh, and, uh, and I could set the situation of the scene for you, but we'll just start reading the verse. It says, it came to pass... As they went away, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not uh, where to lay his head. Uh, You want to follow me wherever I go? I travel all the time. I have no house. I have no home. I have not even a, a nest or a hole uh, like the foxes. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, I don't have any place to lay my head. And he said unto another, follow me. And he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. Excuse, excuse, excuse. Let me go bury my father. Let me go uh, uh, bid them adieu at my home. And Jesus said, uh, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit 
for the kingdom of God. I'm not talking about your eternal home in heaven. Jesus Christ decided that upon the cross of Calvary when he shed his blood for you. But I'll tell you the service of God in this kingdom that he's brought into this world. I'll tell you, we don't need to be looking back. We don't need to be fearful. We don't need to be making excuses saying we're not equipped and empowered to do what God has called us to do because God will provide you the power and the, and the things that you need to be able to serve him where you are and in doing what you need to do. If we go and look, and I want to close this up with a couple of examples here. Uh, this morning of things that uh, that are familiar to you, uh, you know Jonah. May, Jonah, uh, when God called Jonah to go down to uh, to preach uh, uh, to those that uh, that were Nineveh, uh, Jonah immediately began to run. The Bible talks about how he went down from Jerusalem. He went down uh, to the to the ship, and he went down into the end of the ship, and the ship went out into the sea, and then he went down into the sea. Jonah thought that there was might be a place that he could run and get away from what God was calling him to do, uh, but God called him uh, even in the belly uh, in, in the belly of the whale in the depth of the sea and, and when uh, Jonah came forth from there he was ready to go serve his God. Uh, God empowered him and even in that uh, we could go into the story how uh, maybe uh, when Jonah did get there he didn't really expect God that was going that they would uh, hear his message uh, of repentance and turning toward God uh, because these were Gentiles that God was sending him to go preach to. Surely they wouldn't believe in Jehovah God the God of Israel uh, uh, but they did repent uh, and uh, Jonah began to sulk and get mad and go up there uh, uh, sitting under the shade because he was sitting there waiting for God to, to uh, uh, set Nineveh on fire. Uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you, we need to be careful about what our expectations are, might be, uh, but just go and serve God where we are and what he calls us to do. Uh, we can go and look at Daniel down in Babylon. Uh, you know, uh, uh, who, would have been, who would have blamed Daniel down there in a faraway country uh, if he had made some kind of excuse uh, for about going to serve God? Uh, but Daniel didn't make an excuse. Uh, he, he continued to eat the diet that God called upon him to eat, uh, and he served God in the midst of a uh, uh, of a uh, uh, a kingdom of people that did not uh, believe in God in, in the in the God of Israel. Uh, if we go and look at Peter, and this is one that I wanted to look at, if you can turn to John chapter twenty one, uh, where it's recorded there. But if we turn and look at uh, Peter during this time, we'll find uh, right after the death of our Lord and Savior, right after the, Peter had denied him three times on the night of his uh, a night before. His crucifixion. Uh, Peter, after uh, after all these things had occurred, Peter tells the other disciples, "I'm going back fishing, guys. I'm just going to go fishing." God appears to him there on the shore after Peter had been fishing all night. And by the way, uh, the Bible tells us Peter uh, jumped into the, uh, began to try to search for something to cover himself when Jesus appeared to him because he had been fishing out there naked all night long. This goes to show it doesn't take long for the depravity of man to overtake even a man like the apostle Peter. Uh, but uh, as Peter was out there fishing all night and hadn't caught a thing, Jesus calls to him and uh, uh, as he comes in from the shore, Peter, uh, Jesus already has fish cooked and prepared for him uh, and tells him, uh, Peter, uh, what you need to do is what I called you to do. I called you to feed my sheep and to feed my lambs. Get busy doing what I've called you to do, Peter, and quit making excuses. Even during the midst of that, Peter looks around and says, looks at the one that uh, Jesus loved, the disciple that Jesus loved, John himself, and says, what's he going to do? And Jesus says, uh, never mind what he's going to do, Peter. Go and feed my sheep. Go and feed my lambs. We need to be about what God has called us to do. Uh, finally, we take a look, and I'll take a look at uh, uh, the Apostle Paul. We'll turn over to 2 Corinthians 
and the twelfth chapter of the book of Second Corinthians. There, the Apostle Paul, uh, in the midst of all the things that he was facing, and I'll tell you, Paul is a very faithful man. That's the thing that we need to be looking at when I say that we trust the Lord and trust in Him. Uh, we're talking about having faith in the God that called us, uh, the God that has all power, both in heaven and in earth. Uh, and, G- and as Paul was serving him uh, in his uh, as an apostle, uh, the Bible tells us that there was a time and an occasion uh, when he was caught up uh, to the third heaven uh, and he saw visions that were uh, almost uh, un- un- unable for him to describe to others what he had seen in that occasion and situation. And it says uh, in verse 4 of 2 Corinthians 12 that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. And of one, and such an one I will glory, yet I myself will not glory, but in mine infirmities. And Paul's afflictions and his trials, he says, that's what I will glory in. Why would you glory in your trials and your troubles? Listen to this. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, that he heareth and uh, or that he heareth of me. Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations that were given to me, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be, be exalted above measure. Even though Paul had seen great and mighty things, Paul had seen Jesus appear to him on the road to Damascus. Paul had been uh, had been beaten and stoned and raised back to life. He'd been bitten by a serpent, uh, yet not to, no harm had come to him. He had been shipwrecked a day and a night in the ocean, uh, and yet God delivered him out of all of these things. And he had been lifted up in the power of God to, to the third heavens and saw visions and heard things that were unlawful for him to speak. And a, a person like that could have easily been carried away with look at who I am look at what God has done for me look at all of this but Paul said that God gave him a messenger of Satan uh, to buffet me or to come to him lest I should be exalted above measure and he says for this thing I sought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me and God's answer to him was my grace is sufficient for thee my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly, therefore, Paul says, I will rather glory in my, my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. <clears throat> therefore, he says, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I'll tell you, as we look out in the troubles that we're facing today, uh, we need to be weak in, weak in ourselves and strong in the Lord. Be strong and of a good courage. Don't fear the things that are facing us right now, but trust in God. Uh, lean lean on, on Him in all that you do with everything. Uh, be careful for nothing but everything by prayer. Uh, let your requests be no- and thanksgiving. Let your pres- pr- uh, requests be made known unto God. Let us remember to look to Him in all that we face. Don't let fear and anxiety overtake us, uh, but be strong in the Lord because when we're weak in ourselves, then we're strong in Him. May God bless you in this coming week uh, to uh, uh, to uh, face all the troubles and the trials that we're facing, but yet be more confident in the Lord than ever and see His delivering hand because God is able to equip you just like He was Moses during His day. May God bless you and amen. <laughs>